Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast. Today is episode number two, and the title of today's program is Walking the People First Talk. And we're here today to ask and answer this question, are you really walking the talk of putting your people first? And what's the impact of your business when you truly walk that talk? We know that all organizations and most leaders talk about putting their people first, but the challenge question is, is it really true or is that just the feel-good statement? Most importantly, what would your people say if we asked them that question? Craig and I today are going to talk about some of the different priorities that businesses often contemplate or put in action in their business, and we're going to talk about how they work and how they maybe don't work to grow your business. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what does it mean every day to put your people first in your thoughts, in your thinking, in your decisions, in your plans, even in your strategies. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Today, we're going to be addressing what I consider one of the big lies in business and leadership. We're going to start with this question. Are you putting your people first? I know you say you do. Most business leaders I meet tell me that they put their people first. The problem is when you talk to the people, it turns out not quite accurate. What do you mean by that? I know that most people believe that they put their people first because it sounds good. It feels good. It feels good to wake up in the morning and say, you know, I put my people first. And when you're in front of a camera, whether it's a literal camera or in a meeting, To say that to your people, boy, it feels good. And it feels really good to put it in your purpose statement or your mission or vision or particularly your core values. We're going to prioritize our people and it feels so good. But in practice, it's more challenging. And the reality (laughs) for a lot of organizations is their people are not first. Absolutely. I think what happens is we have a lot of different things that we may prioritize above people. For example, A lot of companies say, hey, clients are first. Whatever it takes to serve a client, clients are first or profits first. You know, of course, we understand that a business is not sustainable without being profitable. Or maybe you have a bigger purpose in your business. And maybe it's something like curing cancer or something like that. And maybe that purpose is what comes first in your organization. Sometimes one of those unstated things that we have is the owners saying, hey, I want to be first. I want to make sure that I get mine before everybody else does. Or maybe it's really true that your employees are first. Well, as we've talked before, Craig, it not only feels good to say it, it's really challenging when we start about priorities. You know, as we and I've talked before, one of the foundations of Impact Leadership Podcast, as well as Carnivera, is that it's about people first. And it's quite literal. And a lot of times, leaders and organizations Don't think literally about these so-called priorities, because if something is a priority, it means it comes first. It doesn't mean it will always go in that direction, but it's always prioritized. At least it's being considered. And the same is true as we've talked, whether it's business 
or personal or families or community. I mean, how many times could we talk to a family, a, you know, whoever that is in the family and say, my family comes first. And when we <laughs> talk to the family, say, not really. Because, right. you know, if we took it fully literally, it would mean we never go to work and we spend our whole day with our family. Right. At the workplace, it means we give our employees whatever they want, no matter what it is. That's not what we're talking about. But we are saying that as leaders, when we make decisions every day, we look at what does it mean? Like the question I love to ask myself and answer is, is this decision in alignment with a people first mindset? Or what decision best serves the people first mindset as a starting point? Absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, as you started talking about, even at the family, you say family first. Well, people can give all sorts of stories. I know you're big on stories. Stories like, oh, well, you know, I have to work hard in order to provide for my family. So therefore, I'm going to prioritize work over my family in order to make sure that my family is first. <laughs> or when I'm at home, you know, maybe just thinking back several years ago when both of my boys were in, in the house, if one of them were back talking my wife, I would jump in and I would say, hey, Jameson, you know, stop. This is not the way you talk to your mom. And I would get all, all upset with him and stuff like that. And then my wife finally pulled me aside and said, that's not working for me. You're, you're not allowing me to show up. You're so somewhat disrespecting me. And it's causing more of a problem than what Jameson was doing or what Dawson. Right. So that's a great example that applies in our business. Because in a way, the label I put on that, Craig, there was a way you were rescuing yeah, right. Versus supporting and empowering. Yes. And those, are, those seem like big differences, but there's often a subtle difference. And those subtleties can also become a slippery slope. Yeah. And I, I know I've shared this story with you before, Craig. A couple of years ago, and I, I've had it happen a lot, unfortunately, I was doing a team retreat with an organization out west, and we got together. It was a full day designed to bring everybody together. And halfway through the session, one of the owners pulled me aside and said, hey, our team members would like to talk to you privately. Are you okay with that? <laughs> and I chuckled and I said, well, the question is, are you okay with that? Oh, wow. Because if that needs to happen right away, the bells go off. I said, Wait a minute. There's some things they want to tell me that they're not willing to tell ownership. Wow. I know that already. So yeah. there's trust issues. There's some safety issues. So I go into the conversation and I talk to the team about a lot of issues at one point, I asked them a brand new question. And you know I love questions. Oh, yeah. And the question was a little different. So I said to this team, when you look at this organization, what is the number one priority? Is it the clients or the team? Not to my surprise, they said clients. I said, okay, so what's the second priority? And they jumped up. They didn't jump up, actually. They jumped in and said team. And I said, wait, what's the second priority? clients or team? And they said, oh, clients. And I said, what's the third priority? And they said, clients. It wasn't until I got to the fourth priority that they finally said, yep, now we're a priority as the team. Wow. So not only were they not number one, they were actually number four. And the sad part is the organization and the leaders didn't see it because they believed they were a people-first organization. Frankly, they also thought, what's wrong with clients first? That makes sense. And we're going to talk about in a little bit about how it does sometimes make sense, but why it's not the choice that's going to help you grow your business and have more impact. 
But the really cool part was that organization was open to hearing the message and to doing things differently to start moving their people up that priority list. That's so good when you have somebody that's willing to listen like that. So let's talk about the, the client first philosophy. What, what does that look like as we're, we're digging into this? Now you've dealt with a lot of companies on culture and some of the accountability and things like that. So what are some of the things that you see as it comes to clients first? Well, first of all, it makes sense, right? It, when you say that out loud to say, you know what, we put our customers first, that sounds really good. And, <laughs> and it's, there's some logic to it. You certainly don't want to say, hey, our clients come last. And frankly, some organizations treat their clients and customers that way. So it's a good thought and there's some logic to it. But I found when you start digging into it, it doesn't make sense because number one, if your clients are first, that means you're going to potentially trample your people in an effort to serve your clients. You know, that, that, that old saying, the client's always right. It sounds really good. But how often have we seen organizations where what that means is the team has to take the hit for a client or customer complaint. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. They'll come, you know, leadership or a manager will come down on a team member because the client had a complaint. I think, uh, I think in that area, I've seen it done well and I've seen it not done well. And I think I've probably been on both sides of that as a leader myself. But I remember one time in particular where I had a client that was berating one of my employees. And I said, no, I I said, you know, he said to do this and you haven't done that and that will solve your problem. And he just, he was like, no, no, he's, he's wrong. I want you to, you know, do something with him. I was like, no, he's right. And I defended him to the client taking care of my person. How, how's that going to play out with the person who's working for me down the road? Well, everything, here's the thing I look at leadership, Craig. Every single thing I do as a leader or manager either improves trust or breaks down trust. Hmm. We okay. want to think that it's neutral, but neutral is a safe answer and it gives me an out. If I look at that behavior and say, I hear that, it's probably going to break trust. And I, you know, you talked about a situation where you defended the team member who was right. There are situations where our team members do make mistakes and they Absolutely. are technically wrong. But then we come into, am I going to throw them under the client bus? Nope. No, I'm going to have their back no matter what they do. Yep. You know, I tell my team members, if you're on my team, I've got your back. If you make a mistake, we're going to try and we're going to fix it. I expect you to learn and grow from it but you are not going to be the sacrificial lamb with our clients and customers. It's not going to happen. And that's how we build trust as leaders. That's that in the trenches decision that says my people first, even ahead of the clients. Yeah. I think one of the foundational decisions that I made early in in life, back when I was in college, since I was four years old, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I was in Air Force ROTC when I got to, to school. And while I was in there, I was, in one position of leadership. And one of my people did something that basically undermined what, what we were doing. And I got called to the carpet for it. Now, I could have thrown my person under the bus, but I didn't. I defended him and I said, okay, that's my responsibility because I should have either trained him better or done something or whatever else. Well, the end result of that was I was no longer in the Air Force. Hmm. That was a huge decision. I still stand behind that and I can feel good about that decision because I took care of my person, because I was being a good leader, even though the outcome was horrendous for me. 
because wow. I mean, the death of my dream. Well, talk about, you know, talk about doing what's right, even the most difficult times. I think that's a great example, Craig, because you and I have talked before about one of the challenges when we, when we literally do put our clients first is it can lead to a slippery slope around ethics. Yeah. And we don't do the right thing because we do what we think needs to be done to appease our clients or we focus on, we got to make our clients happy. You know, we don't have boundaries with our clients. You know, that's a, a great lesson <laughs> with our clients yeah. is, if you have a great relationship with a client or customer, whether that's a personal relationship or a collective, you know, large organizations deal with lots of different customers who may be at some level a number, but do you interact with them in a way that you're just focused on the value and the experience they have or making them so-called happy? Because when you try and make your clients happy, I think you put your whole team at risk. <laughs> Potentially. Now, you, there may be some trade-offs in there. And you just have to be really intentional about deciding, okay, is this going to, like you said, is this going to harm trust or is it going to contribute to trust with my team? And likewise, that, that may be the same thing with the client. You know? And so you may have to be making the decision of, okay, what's going to happen here or here? Or you can have a third choice because it's not always an either or. You can have a frank discussion with both. Yeah, I love it. So, so yeah, there's a lot of reasons that we put clients first, but there's a lot of holes in that. And part Absolutely. of, you know, part of our discussions always on Impact Leadership Podcast is about bringing light to some of the blind spots, yeah. the things that maybe we haven't seen or, you know, you and I talk a lot about, and we'll be talking all over, over about the idea of paradox. There's no right or wrong, but what do we need to learn and how, what's our intention here? And so we talked about clients, but Craig, what about this idea that a lot of organizations say profits first? <laughs> profits and taking care of the shareholders is number one. When you get down to that, you, you really look at profitability as one of those things that's it's not a leading indicator. It is the result of a lot of things that you do in advance of that. So it is a trailing indicator. And so if we're driving to profits, we really need to be doing kind of like an influence diagram or trying to figure out what are the components that lead to that greater profitability. And one of those things is developing your people. Because if you develop your people, they're going to be able to do their job more effectively. They're going to be able to do it faster. You're going to be able to have more profitability along the way. And they're going to have more capability in the overall organization. They're going to be giving more innovation and all sorts of other things. But one of the problems that I see as we focus on just profits is that short-term thinking. Now we've, we've heard it all the time about public companies and how they're quarterly focused and they have to do this. And they they have this short-term thinking instead of really thinking about how they're going to dominate the industry, change the industry, and really have an impact on people's lives. So then it becomes, I think, a phrase that you said, profits over people. And that, is a, and that can be a, not only a slippery slope, but a dangerous slope. And one of the things you and I have talked about before is, and it still exists today, you know, 100 years ago, it was even more applicable and that's why a lot of labor laws came into place. Right. When we focus on profit, people's lives are literally at risk, whether it's wow. to injury or literally death. There's a lot of organizations that deal, that what they do is, has a lot of safety hazards with it. And if you're focused on profit, there's a good chance you're going to make decisions focused on how do we make the money? How are we more profitable? How do we do it faster, but maybe not as safe? And there's so many industries that the biggest challenge to being safer is that being safer often takes time. And in most organizations, time can reduce profitability. Wow. 
So this is literally can be about people's lives and we don't, but if we don't think about that, we can get into a spiral where we're creating an un, a, a literally unsafe work environment because profit is our number one driver. Many different scenarios where we've seen in, in years past about how that's happened. You also see the, the rise of unions back at the turn of the century and them primarily existing to protect their union members. It's interesting today, you know, unions have lost a lot of their coverage of employees in the United States, at least. But you could argue maybe there's a need for something like that today because we've got so many people who do not feel engaged, do not feel empowered, do yeah. not feel like they're treated wow. well. But, you know, it's not a safety issue anymore in many cases, but it's an emotional safety. Wow. And, and so I, the Carter Union. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> well, I love that. Yeah, the Carter Union. <laughs> And think, I'm just wondering right now, you know, somebody who's listening to this may have just decided to stop listening when they heard emotional safety because they said, oh, oh here we go. We're going to go into that soft stuff. <laughs> but when we're talking about our people, it's about people. Yes. These are not soft issues. They're life issues. Yes. And leadership is about people. We think about our, our jobs and we say, okay, well, I have all these things that I need to get done. Well, one of those things better be growing your people. It better be taking care of your people. It better be making sure that your people are doing the things that you have agreed that they're going to do, that they're doing their job. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day and he, he said, yeah, my wife, she's working for this you know, Fortune 500 company and her millennial employees just want to play games and do some fun stuff. And so she ends up having to do their work and her boss says, oh, that's okay. We want you to just do their work. What? Crazy talk. So what about the bigger purpose kind of stuff, Jeff? Well, the bigger purpose is, I think it's sometimes very intentional and sometimes unintentional. We're going to talk in another episode about the core four and purpose and vision and vision, all important elements to growing and impactful organizations. Yeah. The problem is, that when you put that as the priority, and I'm going to go off on a limb and say Apple is an example of this. Apple is one of the most innovative companies ever in the yeah. world. And their profit, you know, they changed the world through technology. Yeah. And, and when you look at the dynamics of that organization, a lot of people grew like crazy there, but they also worked in an environment that many times was beyond challenging. Yeah. And it certainly, in my view, was not a people first uh, mindset, unless you're going to say it's all about challenging your people and many times scaring your people and, and, <laughs> and putting the bar so high that they have to, you know, kill themselves to get there. And, and Apple's a great company, but I, I'm not sure that I would call them a people first organization, yeah. but they were very much driven by a higher purpose that that mission vision, you know, put out there by Steve Jobs to change the world. And they did. And I wonder about the impact on the team because that was the number one priority or appeared to be to me. Now, that's interesting that you say that because even though we're, we're talking about a company with a clear charismatic figurehead, inside that company, I know that there has to have been some really good leaders as well who were taking care of their teams, who were doing the right stuff, that their organization inside the bigger organization was a people first. Just got to have been. And that's, it'd be great to know. It'd but I think that's where some people say, okay, well, to be a people first organization or to, to really drive things, I have to be at the top. You don't. 
And I think one of the key tenets of what we talk about here on the leadership podcast is that it's really about leading wherever you are, whether you're you know, first line manager, whether you're the CEO, whether you're on the board of directors, wherever that is, you have an ability to impact other people, whether it's your boss, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's somebody that's working directly for you. Well, yeah, and so often I'm, I'm going to put a label on it and some people may not like the label, but that's okay. There, often there's a victim mentality that goes on. And what I mean by victim is all of this is out of my control. Yes. I'm at the whim of whoever the CEO or leader is. I'm waiting for them to change things. We either don't have culture or we've got a culture that's not working or we've got a misalignment. We say people are important, but we don't act that way. And I keep waiting for them to be different versus, <laughs> as you said, what can I do to change that dynamic myself, whether it's a small group yeah. or even an individual? And one of the things I shared with an audience a couple of months ago, I'd, I'd never said it before. I got a lot of reaction to it, which means maybe there's something we're thinking about, which is the larger the organization, the more empowered each person is to create change in that organization. Hmm. Because the further, you know, in a big organization, the, the, the leadership can send out a message, but they're not saying what happens every day. And it's a lot easier in the trenches to just do things differently. Yeah. To put your people first, because first of all, until it involves money, no one's going to really ask questions. And when they start to see the positive results from it, then I think you get a lot more buy-in from people. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Craig, this idea that people at any level have the ability, whether they're empowered by the company or not, they have the ability and the power within themselves to create change and to create even the culture in the organization. I was talking to somebody the other day. He's a new leader or just coming out of the military and just coming out of school. And he asked the question, well, how do I make sure that I'm listening to my people so that I can help take care of them along the way? I said, well, you've just asked the key question. Just the fact that you asked that question means you're on the right track. Right. Because you care. He and care. keep on with that because that's, that's the key thing. If you're taking care of your people, the people that you're responsible for as a leader, I would say, you're responsible for your coworkers. You're responsible for your boss. And ultimately, you're responsible for different aspects of your organization. And so to the degree that you take responsibility for each of those relationships, each of the potential impacts that you can have there, you're going to be a much better leader. Yeah, and I love that, Craig. And I think it, what it brought it to mind for me is something I really hadn't thought about before is too often leaders or organizations will say, you know, it's not my job to take care of my people. <laughs> but what, but I think what they're really there. saying is, and there's a, a flip here. What they're really saying is, it's not my job to caretake my people. And I agree with that because okay. this isn't about caretaking, but it is about taking care of your people and yeah. creating a safe environment and having them feel like they're a priority because they are and giving them opportunities to learn and grow and develop and, and make mistakes and risk. I mean, we could go on for hours about that. But there's a difference between taking care of and caretaking your people. Mm, interesting. I don't think I've thought about that particular word before. Let's take a quick pause and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. 
The Cartavera Tribe is a membership program like nothing else you've seen. In addition to training and resources, you'll also have access to Craig and Jeff, as well as masterminds, coaching, implementation plans, game days that challenge your thinking and accelerate your growth, and a personal growth Sherpa who will be your guide on the side to help you achieve your biggest goals. You can find out more at cardivera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. Or just click the link in the show notes. Welcome back. I think another area where it's, it's never really stated, but where we have another first, you know, we've talked about profit first and clients first and shareholders first and so forth. But sometimes it's the owners first and the owner themselves is like, okay, I'm going to be making decisions that are going to benefit me over anything else. You know, I want to make sure that I have, you know, I've created this company or whatever, and I want to make sure that I'm taken care of. And, and therefore, who cares about whatever else goes on in the organization other than we have to have enough so that I can get mine. Yeah, I, I think it's great. You set that up so beautifully, Craig. I don't know that it's ever been expressly stated as the number one priority. It would actually be sort of healthy if I actually heard that to say, well, you're really <laughs> honest at least that you, you have to go into some, you know, go into leader's office and at the top says number one priority me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. Thank you for being honest. I trust you more now. Right. And, and so often some of these disconnects are so visible. You know, the one that comes yes. to mind for me is, you know, the organization says, we're, you know, we're having a difficult time and let's not even get into how they try to solve the problem or not. They say, we're going to have to cut some people. We're going to have to do that hard conversation. And number one, they, they, hurt, they get someone else to do it for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you're a gonna, You're going to tell them about my hard decision. Even <laughs> when they do it, they sit down and say, you know, here's where we are. It's, we just got to make this decision. It's a tough decision. Here we go. And then that leader goes out and gets in their $80,000 car and drives to their $1.5 million house and go, you know, go picks up their kids at private school. Nothing wrong with those things, right. but is the leader demonstrating that I'm in this with you? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be- this for me. Right, and it doesn't have to be just financial. We're not just talking about financial impact because if you think about it, ultimately, as we look at people first, you do have to put your, yourself first because if you're not growing, you can't grow other people. You have to have enough in your emotional bank account to keep moving to take care of those people. You have to be present. And we're going to be talking about that in probably the next episode. But it's, it's really, you do have to take care of yourself. So when, it, when we talk about people first, it's, it's kind of you first, and then you take care of your people. But Absolutely. it's not you win over them. Well, right. And that's why these, I think these become difficult conversations. They're difficult because they can be confusing. Yeah, like that's a good said, point. Well, wait a minute, Jeff, Jeff and Craig, you just said people first, but I've got to, yeah. that is the paradox. And until you break it down into day-to-day decisions, it's easy to get caught up in it's this or that. No, yeah. it's a paradox, but it's about intentionality. So let's talk about some of the benefits of having a real people-first approach. Wow, do you think there are any, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we have a pretty good list here. Let's start with a little one. Uh, we literally transform lives. Holy Mac, yes. Not just the employee life, their, their future career their future legacy, their family, the oh my gosh, yes. family, their community, everything that team member touches because they had worked in an environment where they were 
not only encouraged, but supported in growing and learning and improving and challenging and risking. It, it's, it is the ultimate ripple. Putting your people first is the ripple that changes the world. And that feels so good when you say that. In fact, one of the things is when you look at the logo for the Impact Leadership Podcast, the ripples that are there, the impact, that is exactly why we put them there. Because it, it is a ripple effect. As we take care of our people, they get to take care of their people and so forth and so on. And when you think about your own legacy and you think about your family, if you have a family, you know, how are you taking care of your next generation, your, your children, and then their generation and so forth. And as business leaders, of course, that's part of what we're trying to do. We want to create a legacy and we're trying to do that for our families. But let's also think about, let's do that for our employees' families as well. By taking care of them, not just financially, but helping them take care of themselves financially. Sometimes that person may be so in debt or so bad at managing money that they may not be able to survive if they don't get paid that well. And that may be one of the things we come in and we say, hey, we're going to provide some personal financial management training for our employees so that they can make more out of what they're making. Yeah. How often, sadly, have we had organizations, we see it regularly, where the message to the team members is, leave your life at the door. Oh, that's horrible. It's horrible, but people don't think it's horrible because number one, they make up a story that that's about drama. Yeah, and drama has no place in the workplace, but people's lives is not the drama of the workplace. Right. It's what's going on in their life. You know, a quick story about that years ago, I was working with a client and I went around and interviewed all the team members. And one of the team members I was told was one of their best writers. And I asked her a question. I said, have you ever thought about writing a book? And she said, oh my God, yeah, I wrote a book years ago. I had a publisher, I had an agent, but it was about my life and I wasn't ready to tell the world. And she paused and said, you know, Jeff, I've been here for seven years and not one single person here knows that story. And it was 30 people total. Oh my gosh. How do they not know that? How do they, how do you not ask that question? Someone you tell me is a great writer. That told me people are not only not first, but their lives are left at the door. And that is so sad because there's so much richness that comes when we bring in the whole person. And ultimately we have the whole person there in the office. Let's just deal with it. When we have a meeting, let's do a check-in. Like I've heard of some companies that when they have a meeting, they'll do a check-in at the outset and kind of eliminate a lot of the stuff that may be getting in the way of them making good decisions. Wow, man, I've heard that a few times, Craig. I love it. I'm a lover of check-in. So that person can just give air to it. Right. You know what? I'm struggling. I had a tough meeting with the principal last night. Don't need to go into the details, but I'm distracted today, but I'm here to work. Fantastic. Great. Now we know that. Out there. It's not hidden in there anymore. Right. I think I love what, when you were talking about, you know, this, this ripple, something flashed in my mind a few years ago. I heard an entrepreneur speak and he got up, he was accepting an award for, you know, a great small business. And he got up and he said, every morning when I wake up, there's a number on my mind. And I thought he was going to say, you know, revenue goal, profitability goal. <laughs> right. He said, my number is 73. 73, what's that? said, 73 is the number of lives that depend on my business. Oh, wow. That's my employees and the number of their family members. Wow. That's a great number to keep in mind. Isn't that amazing? Because it wasn't just about financial. It was this business is serving 73 lives. That to me is people first thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Not client first. They may have had hundreds of clients. Right. But when you do that, 
And when you have a group of people and them and their families who feel that support, how are they going to serve those clients? Oh my gosh. They're going to serve those clients the same way. Yep. Like they matter and they're important. That's the impact we get from people first leadership. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people miss when they think about they're, they're trying to take care of the people. So if we say, okay, you need to go out and train your people and do this and do that. And people are thinking, oh my gosh, look at the cost. It's not a freaking cost. It's an investment, right? If you don't take care of your people, it's like Zig Ziglar said some time ago, you don't want to train somebody because they may leave you. On the flip side of that, do you want to have the person who you didn't train still stay there? That's crazy. <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase bark face? No, uh-uh. What's that? So bark face is where my face is so firmly pressed against the tree that I can't possibly see the forest. <laughs> <laughs> I and, love it. And I think I that it. applies here because when it comes to dollars, it's so easy to get pressed up against the tree. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, everything costs, if time is money, everything costs more money right here in this moment without saying what's the return on my caring? What's my return on putting people first? Because there is financial return. You have lower employee costs. Even even with your comp might be higher, you have lower employee costs. You have less turnover. We all know tens of thousands of dollars every time. Sometimes I've seen anything from 50 to $100,000 the cost to replace an employee. Yet I'm not going to invest 10 minutes in feedback Crazy, because I've got so much busy stuff to do over here to take care of it. And let's, let's not kid ourselves, Craig, you know, and I I want you to touch on this. Having people first has potential downsides. We'd be naive to say it's poly, you know, it's Pollyanna. There's no issues with this. So what do you see in some of the challenges to overcome if you're going to put your people first? Oftentimes it can take longer to actually develop people than to just tell them what to do. When you sit down and there's a performance issue, let's look at that performance issue. And instead of just glossing over it and saying, okay, this is what you do in the future, you start asking questions. I know you're the master of this. I think you even have a story about (laughs) that happening, don't you? Well, over and over, it just happened recently. I had a situation where someone who, it wasn't even a direct report, but in a reporting kind of indirect relationship, and they took some action. It was a micro action. It was an email, but we all know that emails can have impacts often <laughs> oh, unintended. Yes. And I, but I sat down and the easy path, the quick path would be to reach out to them and say, by the way, to also hide behind email. <laughs> I could have sent them an email that said, here's what you did wrong. Here's what was wrong. Don't ever do it again. Here's the bad things that happen. Wait, wait, we shouldn't do constructive criticism by, by email? Uh, hello, no, <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. Okay, good our, learning. I guess it's coming up in a couple episodes, uh, David Akers. He, he didn't talk on the episode, but he and I, he told me years ago, his rule on email is don't send an email unless it's positive. Forget not sending negative, but even if it's neutral, it's likely to be misinterpreted. If listeners get nothing else out of this episode, that one nugget is so powerful. Yeah. You know, we think really quick on that. We think email is more efficient. Email is just a way to hide. It's just <laughs> a way to hide. And that would have been me hiding in my leadership. So the second oh, yeah. quickest way is to call this person up and do the same thing. Here's what you did wrong. Here's why it was wrong. Never right. do it again. And here's all the bad things that happened. But instead of that, I said, well, no, wait a minute, this is a growth opportunity. I did not want to make a phone call and it ended up being 40 minutes. I didn't wow. want to do that because I, I, I didn't want to spend 40 minutes, but it was the right thing to do. Yeah. It was an opportunity to grow, and it was me not telling him anything. It was me asking questions. 
What was your intended impact with that? What was your intended communication? What might have been the unintended impact? Did you think about all the people on the email and how it might impact them differently? Wow. Did you consider people at different levels of experience and their lack of ability to handle that kind of information at this point in time? Did you think about what emotional state you were in when you sent it? And at the end, it left him wondering and asking questions of himself and identifying, hey, you know what? I didn't think about that. So to me, that's how we grow our people. We ask questions. We help them see the opportunities to grow versus trying to scare them into different behavior by telling them what to never do again. That really requires us to raise the bar in leadership. Well, the reason that we don't see these organizations that we would call people first is that it requires more out of the leaders to, to actually lead, to be there for their people, to maybe get emotionally involved. Oh my goodness. And I'd oh, yeah. say that that's where that's where the richness of life is, folks. If you're not doing that with your people, you're missing out on life. You get to know them, you get to understand them, and you, you ultimately you're there to serve them. So from a servant leadership perspective, we're there to serve our people. And we're there to do that as being a good leader, which sometimes means getting rid of them. It means that they have to leave the organization because it's better for them and it's better for the organization. But sometimes it means we're building into them, we're listening to what's going on with them at home because that helps them to focus at work, but not just to focus at work, but to be better people. And then we can be sounding boards for them. And so, yes, it's okay for us to bring the whole person to work and to acknowledge that the whole person is there and deal with it. It requires some significant effort. And we started off talking about lies and the lie was about when we say we put our people first and we don't. So I want to share here a myth, and it's a big myth, and we've touched on it in different ways, but I want to bring some light to it. And the myth is this, that if we care about our people, we can't effectively lead our people. And when you look at the behavior, I see that going on without us even thinking about it. If I care and respect and treat my people well, I won't be able to lead them because those situations are going to happen where we have to have what we call the difficult conversation or yeah. the difficult decision. And I'm here to tell you, it is a myth. When we care about our people, people will follow us. And when yes. people follow you, you are now the leader. Right. That's how you know if you're leading. Look behind you. <laughs> Don't right. look for the people that you're behind with a whip. Look behind and say, who is following you because they want to follow you? That's what leadership's about. And that is the outcome that we create as leaders when we embrace and live a people-first philosophy. Exactly. Yeah, so business is personal. And I think when we embrace that, when we understand that the whole person comes to work, it, it changes our philosophy of how we lead. And it, it gets us to step up as leaders and actually take care of it. Now, if your business, if you're working for a company that has an annual review cycle and I guarantee there is nothing that's telling you that you cannot have a more regular interaction with your employees. That You couldn't have a quarterly review or just have a weekly check-in or a, a monthly review session just to make sure that people are on the right track. And I'd say that gets rid of a lot of issues because as you are seeing what's going on and you're seeing that it's not really working, you may actually increase the frequency that you're having meetings with somebody. Well, this works both ways, Craig. You know, one of my challenges, we're, a lot of that is your responsibility. Yep. I mean, even Jesus said it, knocking the door will be open. You, you have to, it's, it's that persistence that, that comes out of that, you know, because 
that person was persistent about asking for something, they got it. To grow, I hear so often people in the audiences where I speak will say, but they won't give me feedback. They won't <laughs> do this. And I always ask one question, have you been obnoxious? <laughs> and they all say, well, no. And I, so here's the way, way it works. If you want more and you're not getting it, you ask and you ask and you ask and you yes. ask until you get to the point that you're obnoxious and then you ask one more time. Yep. And at that point, you still can't get it. They've told you where you stand. They've, they've revealed themselves. Now it's up to you to decide, is this where you want to be yes. or not? So if you're a team member, don't wait. Crave it. Ask for it. Push for it. Push until you can't push anymore. Because if you <laughs> don't get what you want in terms of your growth and your learning, a lot of that is your responsibility. As we start to wrap this up, I think the, the bigger picture here is that it really comes back to, are we going to choose to lead and change people's lives? Or are we just going to take the easy route and just kind of do what we've always done? Now, we're going to challenge you to step up as a leader. We're going to challenge you through this podcast and through, through everything else that we do in Cartavera to develop leaders, to, to actually push yourself to continue to grow and learn and take care of your people and take care of yourself as well. Because we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you are, which means that you have to continue to grow in order to grow your business. And we hear you. We know that what we're sharing is different. And we're not <laughs> yeah. here to tell you it's not going to be challenging. It very well will be challenging. But what we hope you can take away is there's a simplicity in this. And the simplicity is, do you care about your people or not? Yeah. Do you want them to grow and learn or not? And are you willing to live those words versus just talking the talk? Absolutely. Because it really comes down to every single decision you're making almost every day making that decision in this moment, what best serves my team and helps them grow? Remember what we said earlier, it's not about picking and choosing, but at some point in life, we have to have priorities. And we're suggesting that we're sharing that people first is the choice if you wanna have the growth and impact that you've always talked about. Yeah, and sometimes you know, we, we think that situations are an either or, either I take care of my people or I take care of profits, but in some of the companies they're doing the best in performance, they understand that those go hand in hand, that they can't have people growing without profits and they can't have profits without growing their people, that they just go hand in hand and they get greater performance than the market does. And so we really look at it and say, okay, we got to do this. This is something that, that we're committed to doing this a different way. And when you start looking at the companies that really do that well, you see companies that have less turnover than the industry, which saves them tons of money, which means more profit. It means that their people are there for a longer period of time, meaning that they understand how to do their work better. They can do it more effectively, which means more profit. It means that you're taking care of your people, giving them legacy. They're more engaged at work, which means you're making more profit. Are you kind of getting the picture here? And that brings us back to the foundation of all of this. Grow your people, grow your business, grow your life. Absolutely. It all starts with grow your people which follows when you put your people first. Absolutely. And you know, this, this goes beyond the business too. Because when we look at our home lives, we look at how we deal with our spouses and our children and our extended families, we're leading there too. And you know, like I mentioned at the very beginning, it's, there are these things that happen at home 
when we choose to step up and realize that we're playing what we call an infinite game instead of a finite game, when it's not about me winning this argument, it's about me creating a life together with this other person or to have a great relationship with my children. And it's playing that longer game that we really start seeing the perspective of, of how our decisions are, are made. Yeah, right on, Craig. This has been such an awesome discussion. Yeah. And it's a great start. It's a great start. It's about the foundation of people first. I know we're going to be back on this topic with Craig oh, yeah. and I, with our guests. It's going to be a theme throughout. It's going to be like the river that runs through it. We're excited to continue this journey with you. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for being open. Thanks for being open to the possibility of thinking differently and leading differently for bigger impact and bigger life. See you next time. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.